0: encourage them to uh, come and be with us again as soon as they can. I know there are vast amount of reasons why uh, people aren't here, so do uh, keep them in your prayers. Yeah, that passage that Hunter just uh, read for us, seems like I've read that before somewhere, but uh, you wondered if I was ever going to get to chapter 12, didn't you? Just so you know, uh, we're going to deal with part of it this week and verse 14 a little bit the end of 13 next week as I thought man no way and you got to also remember I haven't preached in a couple of weeks so no telling how long this will take me so uh but it is uh I appreciate you being here today and appreciate the encouragement that uh, you are to me and hopefully I'm an encouragement to you and what a great privilege it is to assemble together and worship God and we do have uh uh, friend and family day coming up for too long. The last Sunday of this month. There are some cards back there, so uh, start giving more of those out. And someone asked if we had more. We can get more. We can get more. Pre- you can get rid of them all. We'll get more. And uh, but please do uh, hurry that. So we're going to start with this one. The conclusion, and the conclusion is going to take two weeks. Okay, the conclusion when all has been heard. If you look, though, at the beginning of chapter 12, he says something that's so important. I hear people sometimes, even when they talk about young people in the church, they want to excuse them for ungodly living, saying, well, they're just sowing their wild oats. Well, here's what the Bible says. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth. And I think, and if we had time, and we don't, we would talk about great young people of the bible and i mean i could spend weeks on that of course jesus was one of them at 12 years old he impressed the most learned people and he didn't receive that knowledge of god's word miraculously because he wasn't given miraculous abilities until he was baptized that's so he learned it like you and i would learn it by study and did he Had his mama educated him that he was there? I'm sure. But I just think about, so at 12 years old, he definitely had a handle on a whole lot of stuff that most people don't have when they're 50 years old. And we could talk about people like Joseph, and we could talk about young people like David when he was, I mean, we could spend that. So here's what I think you can see. If we can figure that out, that even when we're young, we remember where we come from. And that's what it's talking about, remember the Creator. We could go back to Genesis in the very first chapters. We could go to John 1, and we could look at God the Father and Jesus' the Son. They were there in creation. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, There in John 1, 1. We know Jesus is that, and all things come into being, came into being through Him. So we need to learn those things even in our youth. So you know what? A lot of times in kids' classes, we talk to them about the six days of creation. And we talk to them about what God did. And the public school system wants to teach them all crazy stuff about how millions and millions of years, by chance, wasn't by chance, it was by God's spoken word these came, things came into existence. So we've got to focus on those things. But he's also trying to remind him, remind us, as he really hits this a lot, and I'm not going to take time to look at it all, about being the preacher in this in this chapter. But he says, because you're going to get old. Did you know that you're going to get old? If you don't die when you're young, you're going to get old. And he has quite a description of getting older here. And he says, before the evil days come and the years draw near, when you will say, I have no delight in them, you can see that. Well, man, I heard all the time and i got this and I can't see the way I used to and can't hear the way I used to and can't do. Bloom oh, and doom. It's all bad. And boy, then does he really hit it. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened. Why is that? Because your vision isn't what it used to be. He talks about one thing after another and he accumulates all this. And of course, and if we had more time, we would look at it. We've got to remember, as verses 7 and 8 point out to us, you know what, this world is not our home. And we focus not at the things which are seen, but we focus at the things that are not seen, like it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16. Or your hearts will be troubled. You will become discouraged because physical life is like that. And the older you live, the more it's like that you got to suck it up and live by faith. So if you get to verse 7, it says, Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. That goes back to creation. God formed from the dust of the earth and breathed life into it, and it became man, and he made man in his own image. This is all about God created you just the way you are. And you're supposed to get old and your eyes are supposed to get dim as years go on and your hair's either turn loose or turn gray. All those things. My dad would say as you get old you get furniture disease. That's when your chest falls into your drawers. But anyway, gravity happens. That's how it's supposed to be. That was God's plan. But he gave us an eternal being. And that's what we got to be focused on. So he says you've got to remember it's going to go to the dust that God gave it. And then he says this in verse 8 vanity, vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. When it's all said and done, every I don't care how much you accumulate. And Solomon, we've already talked about him, in today's values, had trillions of dollars. Trillions of dollars of value. When he died, how much of he take with him? You better have your physical life straight. Your spirit better be right before God, because that's the only thing that's going to continue. And I'm telling you, all this other stuff, not that you shouldn't enjoy it. He's talked about that. You need to enjoy it while you're here. But remember, it's fleeting. It's not going to last. It's fleeting. And if we had time, we'd turn over to 2 Peter, and he really hits that. In the end of time, all of it's going to be burned up not going to last, so don't think it's that big a deal. Now, that's one of those things, maybe even Solomon too, but Kendall will tell you, that's a lot easier to preach than it is to practice. And as we get on into this, I think it's so important, and it's really two points. You guys remember, this will be on something totally different, but Mark 16 and verse 15, we've got to preach the gospel so they can believe and be baptized. They're conjoined. They don't have the value separately that they have collectively. Well, that's the same thing in this text. So the conclusion, when all's been heard, when we talk about all these things, we talk about everything. Well, I mean, we spend a lot of time talking about the political arena and the rights of Americans and the freedoms of Americans, and we talk about economy and we talk about this. I'm telling you what, all that in the long run is not of very great value. Because he says, when you've heard it all, here it is. If I don't care what subject you talk about, if it doesn't stress these two points, you're wasting your time. When all's been heard, here it is. Fear God and keep it. So fear and keep. Fear and keep. I want you to think a little bit about the fear God side because I think what I see people trying to do is to obey God and keep his commandments, but they don't even have a healthy fear of God. Therefore, they won't keep his commandments. You know, I understand the motivation love is, but you know what? Sometimes fear is a greater motivator than love, knowing what's going to happen. I mean, I did what my parents said a lot of times because I knew what would happen if I did. not And sometimes I didn't, and I had to learn that the hard way, and I thought, I won't do that again. I wasn't the sharpest pencil in the pack, but I did catch on after a while. And so you look, and I want to show you what he does in the book of Ecclesiastes. When you get to chapter 12 and verse 13, this isn't the first time he mentioned fear. Go back to chapter 3. We'll just hit on these real quick, just a few of these real quick. Chapter 3 and verse 14 of Ecclesiastes. He says, I know that everything God does will remain forever. There is nothing to add to it, and there's nothing to take away from it. Listen to this, for God has so worked that man should fear him. If you think about creation, I was looking out there at the sunshine today and the trees starting the grass starting to turn green, you look at all that stuff. God spoke all that into existence. You look at the stars of heaven, especially when you get out some way, a long ways from man-made lies. and God spoke that into it. All, everything in six days. I know. I don't know why he chose to do it in six days. He could have done it all in a day. I like that he did it in six days. He's trying to teach us something, especially the seventh day, the day of rest, he's trying to teach us something. God didn't need to rest. He wasn't pooped out after six days of creation. But it's for man and trying to get us to understand some things. But you look at this. We're to fear God. And it always bothers me when people say that doesn't really mean to be frightened. That just means to be respect, show respect. Well, many times I showed my dad respect because I was frightened of what happened if I didn't. Okay, that's how that went. And when I went to school, you know, they still had a board and bust your backside with it. Sometimes you did what they said because you knew they'd bust your backside. And if it got to my dad, it happened. It's going to get it again when you got home. I got—I know what that board felt like on the back. I got more than one. We won't talk about how many. I don't know that I remember that many. But anyway, the number which no man can count. <laughs> no, you look at that. Some people learn slow. And so we got to fear God. Look on at chapter 5 and verse 7. <clears throat> For in many dreams and many words there is emptiness. Boy, a lot of people say a lot of things and it really contains nothing. And then he says, rather fear God. You know, I've been in places, I was fortunate these last couple of weeks, we were in Texas, and we're at three different places for Bible class and worship, and then back and heard Brent uh, bring those lessons. You know, I heard them go right to God's Word. It wasn't a bunch of nonsense words that really does, well, I think, and this is a philosophy that they have here, and this is what they, just give me the book. Why is that? Because I fear God. I want to know what he said. And that's why we present God's word. That's why we tell people what the Bible says. We need to fear God. Look also at chapter 8 and verse 12. Although a sinner does evil a hundred times and may lengthen his life, still I know that it will be well for those who fear God, who fear him openly. So we don't just hide it. Well, I fear God when I'm here at the building with a bunch of Christians, but the rest of the time I'm just like the rest of the world. No, we stand up, we speak out, we live for the Lord all the time. You know, there's people who might pray over their meal when they're at home and no one's watching, but they're not going to pray out in a public restaurant over their food. Sometimes, people, no, we fear God openly. Whoa, you better watch saying that. You better watch what you're thinking. This is not good. You know, it really startles the world. Not my brethren much, but it startles the world when I say, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. And they're wondering, what's this Lord willing thing about? I know they don't grasp it, but I know it introduces something to them. And so we have to fear God. We have to remember who he is. And, of course, there's some just many powerhouse passages even in the New Testament. We're just going to mention a couple of them so we can see what he's talking about. Go to Philippians 2. I have to hit this one, verses 12 and 13. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Don't worry, if I can't get it done this week and next week, it can become three weeks. But anyway, (laughs) so then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, wait a minute, fear God and keep his command. Okay, there's the commandment keeping. As you've always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. So you did what you're supposed to do, whether someone was there watching you or not. Work out. Your salvation, here's the kind of fear he's talking about, fear and trembling. You ever been so scared you couldn't get it back under control? That's what he's talking That isn't just respect. That's frightened of what's going to happen. When you think about being right and saved, it better be so serious you shake in your shoes. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Look what he says. For it is God who has at work in you, both to will and to work his good pleasure. So when it says you've got to fear God and keep his commandments, they kept his commandments when he wasn't there, and they better be serious about fearing God or salvation won't be theirs. So it isn't like, ah, you know, I've arrived, I can coast now in my Christianity. It don't work like that. You even think about Paul in Philippians 1. He's talking about his life would probably end. He says, but I'll probably go on and live because this will mean he's old and he's sick. And this will mean fruit. Does he want to live so he'll see some people again? No. He wants to live so he can bring more people to Christ. If I'm going to live, even though I'm old and sick, if I'm going to recover, it's so that it will be a benefit to Christians and it will be a benefit to other people becoming Christians. Because he said it'd be way better, very much better, it says, to die and be with Christ. Amen to that. So I look and I see that. Now turn back with me as we think about this a little bit, about fearing God. Go to uh, 1 Peter 1 and verse 17. I'm going to back up a little bit in Ecclesiastes in a minute and show you one more thing there before we get into keeping his commandments. 1 Peter 1 and verse 17 reads like this. If you address his father, the one who impartially judges, according to each one's work, that's more verse 14 of Ecclesiastes 12, conduct yourself in fear during the time of your stay on earth. You know, I don't think that get pre- gets preached much anymore. You need to fear God. I thought Caleb was going to be teaching in this class about, on Sunday mornings about um, Messianic prophecies. Instead, he's going to talk about something that many people tell me don't even exist. And that's commandments in the New Testament. Commandments, Old Testament. You ever heard this? Grace is New Testament. You don't think there's any commandments in the New Testament, obviously you haven't read it because there is an abundance, and I know you're going to, he's going to have a hard time getting it done in a quarter, but anyway, uh, you look at that, it's just overwhelming how many. So you think about that, and this passage here says, while you're here on this earth and you're keeping his commandments, you better do it with fear of the Lord. Knowing, and I mean it motivates you, you cross him, you're gone. You're done. You're going to hell. Wow, that's how important those commandment keeping is. And we better have a healthy fear of God. Jump over to chapter 2 here in 1 Peter. Go to verse 17. Listen to this. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. And then they go to honor the king. There's something in the middle of that, isn't there? Now, we look at that, people like to, oh, you need to honor all people. You need to honor the brotherhood. You need to honor, you need to fear God. That almost doesn't look like it doesn't belong in the verse. Have you ever noticed that? The other's all about, and then right in the middle of it, you better fear God. Maybe in all of our sermons, somewhere in the middle of it, we need to mention, you need to fear God. You need to be respectful to the point that you know if you don't do what he says, This will not be good for you. Wow. Fear God. Jump with me to another one on that point. Go over to Acts 13. I like this one. I'm going to mention two verses. I wish I had more time in Acts 13, but go to Acts 13 and uh, verse 16. Listen to this. I want you to see who Paul's speaking to, what he says about him. Paul stood up and motioning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, and you who fear God. Now jump down to uh, verse, I'm going to give you the wrong verse if I don't watch out. I wanted to say it was verse 26. Yeah, verse 26 of the same chapter. Brethren, sons of Abraham's family, and those among you who fear God. To us, the message of this salvation has been sent. Is he wanting to make a strong point about those who fear God? Those who fear God. How do you know they fear God? They do what he says. They do what he says. They show some honor. They show some respect. They know it's demanded. It's not optional. Wow. Now turn back with me to Ecclesiastes cuz something as you go on into this that I don't want to miss. If you go in verses 9 through 12, he talks a lot about things and he and he talks about wisdom. And he talks about books. You know, I've met people who have a tremendous education on lots of subjects, but really, you know, I think about this. Let's take people of the world. I don't care. Presidents, Supreme Court justices, congressmen. You know what? I don't mean to be mean. But they're not that wise if they don't even know how to become a Christian and how to be faithful to the If they can't even figure that out, I really don't think they're as bright as everyone else thinks they are because this is simple. And so you think about that. We've got to think about wisdom. And if we had time, we'd turn back and look at some, like in James 3. There's a difference between wisdom of the world and wisdom of God, isn't there? And he also hits that again in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 19. Wisdom of the world, it, it's demonic. It's, it's messed up. You know, we talk, wisdom of the world says it took millions and millions and millions of years for us to get what we got on the planet today. Godly wisdom says it took six days. Wisdom of the world, we looked at it today in our teenage class. Wisdom of the world said God made them male and female. No transgenders. Now, I have a hard time even use that word because it, all those others fall into perverted. Male and female and perverts. People say, Kendall, that's offensive. It offends God when we don't stand up and speak up for Him. We got male and female, and there's nothing in between. There's nothing any different. And to say there is, you don't fear God. God said this. So I think about those things, but all the wisdom of the world says, Kendall, you just don't understand. I don't have to understand. All i got to do is know what God said, fear him, and keep his commandments. I understand several things in the Bible. Some things I don't fully understand. You know what? I just trust him because he's way brighter than I am. So even when you don't know, just obey him anyway. Because he knows, and we got to do what he says. We've got to keep those things. So think about keeping His commandments. So here it is. You've got to fear God. It isn't just enough to fear God and do nothing. You've got to fear God and keep His commandments. It isn't enough just to keep His commandments unless you fear. It takes both of those things. That word and means they're conjoined. That's a conjunction. They're put together. Fear God and keep His commandments. I'm going to hurry through the rest of this here real quick today before we go back. When we go back and read chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, you'll know we're about done. And Lord willing, we'll pick up with the end of 13 and end of 14, Lord willing, next week. But before we do that, I want to show you some things, mainly things that John recorded being inspired of the Holy Spirit. Go to John 14. We have to hit this one. John 14 and verse 15, when we talk about keeping His commandments, it says this, Jesus said, if you love me, you might, you will keep my commandments. If I don't keep his commandments, what's the problem? I don't love Jesus. So everyone who doesn't do what the Bible says, if you pick one thing in the Bible and you don't do it, you don't, don't tell me you love Jesus. You're a liar and the truth's not in you. Anytime I don't keep his commandments, it's because I love me or something else more than him. Jesus said, take it up with him, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Look on down at verse 21 in this same chapter, John 14. He who has my commandments and... I have them, they're right here. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. This is a big deal. Now, I'm going to go later in 1 John, but before I do, I want you to see one more in 1 Corinthians. Go to, this might seem a little out of place to you, but go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 19. Just listen to this. 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 19. Now, they're having a big problem with thinking people have to become Jews before they become Christians, and circumcision is the issue. Here's what he says. Circumcision on a spiritual level. I didn't say physically it has no benefits. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcised. So whether you're circumcised or not, that has nothing to do with your spiritual being. So he says it's nothing. But what matters, well, let's see what matters, is the keeping of the commandments of God. You're going to have a whole Bible class on that first. Weeks and months to come. So that verse, if I was Caleb, I'd underline that verse, and I'd probably read that verse every week before we started the class. Here's what matters. I know so because I just read it. So turn back with me to John 15 and verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments, abide in His love. How important is it to abide in the love of Christ and the love of God? The difference of heaven and heaven. You've got to keep His commandments to abide. So if you don't do what the Lord says, if you don't keep His commandments, you lose all the benefits of His love, all the benefits of the cross, all of them. You don't keep a single one of them. Oh, you get physical blessings because it rains on the just net, but spiritual, the ones that count, you get none. Wow. So while we're talking about John, I'll hurry through this. Go to 1 John. I'll just go to two, two passages. More than two verses, but two passages. 1 John 2, verses 3 and 4. By this we know that we have come to know him. How do I know that I know the Lord? If we keep his commandments, you know how you know you know the Lord? You do what he says. And the one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Let me ask you this. Does the Bible command us to assemble together with the church? If we have brethren that are members of this congregation that could be here this morning and they're not, I don't care what their reason is, they could be and they're not. Now, there might be some who can't be. Who could be and they're not. Might be they had something happen. Maybe they're sick, running a f- fever, then they can't be here because they're passing on, on other people. You get that, right? But let's say they could be here and they just slept in. Is assembled together a commandment of God? Let me ask you from this passage if I say I love the Lord but I don't show up, do I love the Lord? I'm a liar. I don't make it up. People say, Kendall, don't say that. I'm just, I didn't say it. And John didn't say it. He wrote it down. I spoke it, but it came from God. Now, go to my favorite passage on the importance of obedience. 1 John chapter 5. Oh, if we had time, I'd spend a month here. Verses 2 and 3. Instead, I'll just spend two weeks, so get your seats on. No, here we go. Verses 2 and 3, by this, we know that we love the children of God. How do you know I love you, and how do I know I love you, and how do you, I know you love me? This is how, when you love God and keep or observe his commandments. How do you know I love you? I do what God says. When I don't do what God says, I don't really love you because I'm a poor example. He goes on, for this is the love of God. Here it is. God loves me. What's that mean? I want you, this doesn't even kind of make sense to most people. It makes a lot of sense to me. This is the love of God. Here it is, that we keep his commandments. How is that God loving us? He's giving me commandments to keep. Because if he didn't, you wouldn't have a chance. That we keep his commandments. And then he says, and his commandments are not burdensome. They're burdensome to a lot of people. Sometime to do what God said, we can take New Testament characters. Did any of them wear stripes on their backs from keeping his commandments? Now that it's been a long time since they lived on this earth, and they've been being comforted if they were faithful to the Lord at the end of their life, for thousands of years now, you think they're still bent out of shape over the scars that were put on their body? They're saying, I tell you what, for the benefits I got, that was a walk in the park. If we can just stay focused on the spiritual things, and here's what you've got to do. When you think you got it rough, compare yourself to how rough Jesus had. And usually you say, he died in my stead. So back to Ecclesiastes 12. Back to Ecclesiastes 12. The conclusion, when all has been heard, the point we've looked at today is fear God and keep his commandments. And you know who this applies to? Every, let's don't even think about everyone else right now. Everybody in this room. Everyone. It applies to everyone. So we're going to talk next week. It applies to everyone for God will bring every act of judgment. To judgment. Everything. This is what we're going to deal with next week. Lord willing, everything, whether it's good or evil. You know, I I, I don't think this is going to happen, but this is weird how Kendall's mind works. Let's say it's time for judgment. And you stand up before God and everyone's there. We're all there. Okay, Kendall, we're going to run a film clip of the good things you've done. And now we're going to run a film clip of the evil things you've done you didn't correct. Don't do that. These people see it. Maybe you should have thought about that, huh? Everything that's been hidden. Not just the things that are out in the open, but the things that no one else knows about. Wow. So, brethren, let me encourage you today, we'll be ready to sing this invitation song. Make sure that you fear God and keep his commandments. And without even getting into a lot of details of different things, if you're not sure that you've been showing the fear of God and keeping his commandments, correct that today. If we can help you, please come as we stand and sing.